Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Welcome to Chris's Comics Podcast. My name is Chris and this is a podcast about comic books. With me as always is punk rock pirate time lord, Mr. Jay Bidette. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. How are you? I'm alright. I'm just, you know, I'm going to turn the news off because it's not political, this podcast. <laughs> I'm just getting really stressed watching it. I was about but to say, anyway. um, you know, <laughs> as we enter a third national lockdown here in the UK, you know, we're getting ready to bury our heads in some comic books and crack open a cold one and let the whole thing blow over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Whilst Basically. the Watchmen universe actually unfolds like I predicted. Yeah, Watchmen universe is in full effect. Um, oh, God. But yeah, we're going to talk about some comic books. Bit of normality. Yeah. Um, I, read, I read somewhere online that the next stage in like lockdown is uh, where Lara Croft comes in and locks you in a freezer. <laughs> That's basically it. It is. So, uh, oh. whilst it's illegal for us to be in the same room, I thought I'd invest in some new equipment for the pod so we can record better quality episodes over Skype, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, is it working, listeners? Is this better quality? Is it not? Is it worse? Email me at chriscomicspodcast at gmail.com to let me know. Um, but today we're going to be talking about... Um, Superman and Batman Generations, the 1999 four-issue prestige format miniseries from DC Comics, uh, written and illustrated by John Byrne. Uh, we're going to be talking about what else we've been reading other than that, other than our book club. I mean, I say book club, this was a long time ago I told you to read this, and I totally forgot about it. <laughs> Yeah, you you forgot, and then I think it was only because I've bought some books, and I was just like, I was rearranging, because I have a little desk next to my side of the couch, which is just full of books, and um, I I just saw, like, Superman poking out, I was like, Superman? I don't read Superman, and then just went, (laughs) oh shit, yeah, these books that Chris gave me, I read these, and we've never done this, we've never done it, but I'm totally up for this, man. Well, yeah, I mean, as it probably should remain, forgotten... Um, you could have ended up keeping them books and I, I would have never remembered that you had them. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> hey, you've still got my CD of uh, the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> have I? Yeah. I'm not asked. Though. That was years ago. And my Jeremy Clarkson book. Oh, no, that's gone to a charity shop. <laughs> it's fine, mate. It's fine. But hold on. I that that Just to defend myself on the Beatles CD... That wasn't an official CD. That was a copy that you printed, wasn't it? Was it was not. It was an official CD, dude. I got that from Bournemouth on my holiday, remember? Oh, right. Well, mum and dad have that then because <laughs> I've just assumed that's theirs. They are welcome to it. <laughs> I don't listen to the Beatles <laughs> anymore. Yeah, let's talk about some comic books. Have you got any comic book news you want to talk about first? 
Um, that's a very good question. Normally, I do. I just rely on co- you, J. Jonah J. B. to give us the news. You know. Yeah, and let me just have a quick check. See if I if anything jogs my memory. Other than I, you know what, I think it's honestly just been so quiet. I haven't really no. I've not heard anything no. at all. I've not heard anything at, at, at all. Just whatever's going has been keeping. Oh, you know what is a bit of news? It's not like the new newsiest of news, but High Republic started today. Uh, uh, Star Wars High Republic. So. Yeah, yeah. There was a bit of confusion uh, on our chat because I thought this was a novel by Charles Soule, which it is. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be both, isn't it? Is there going to be a few different things on this? There's going to be novels, uh, comics that span off into other adventures. Basically, they start in their own corner of the Star Wars universe, but it's hundreds and hundreds of years before the Star Wars saga. um, Skywalker saga, sorry. But the only thing that has been revealed, only any kind of link at all that there is to the Skywalker saga, is you're going to have young Yoda in it. Because he was around at that time. But I don't think he's like going to be that much of a main character because they really want to flesh out this other kind of High Republic stuff. But I'm, I'm interested. I've bought it. Uh, it's sold out everywhere. It's done very well already. Um, and it has been getting critically... Like, bigged up. Like, whoever's read, people have read it first. They released trailers. There's been a lot of people involved to, and only good, genuine ideas. There isn't anyone just like firing out just whatever they can. It's, I think it's all been took very seriously. Is Charles Soule writing the comics as well, or is he just doing the novel? Ooh, good question. Because uh, he's, think... he's a daredevil writer, isn't he? Sure, he is. I think it was in the past. Yeah, hold on. Let me have a look at my order and see who it says. Uh, no, I'm fucking still trying to get Spider-Man 55. That's pissing me off. I'm currently in a bidding war for it for £5. I've still got... But hold on. Here we go. Uh, Star Wars, the High Republic. Yeah, I want to actually read what it's... Give me the details, little bitch. Yeah, eBay is a fucking little... Here we go. Um, see full description. Scott Ka- Scott Cavan Scott. It just says Scott. Actually, writer Scott art by Cavan. So someone whose last name is Scott. So it's not the same. I didn't think it would be because that's a very difficult thing to do. I think a person who writes literature, you know, has to write. How has to describe things through words, whereas a comic book writer, not to take anything away from them at all, but they kind of like film buffs, they storyboard, they're very good at the dialogue, and they say, and then he walks into a room, I want the room to feel like this and do this. Uh, they don't need the linguistical skill to to set the picture, because that's what the artist is for. So that doesn't shock me. Charles Soule yeah. is a comic book writer as well, though. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. been on well, dead. He might be good at it then. He must be good at it then. So yeah, I mean, uh, but, I guess you'll have to tell me how that is because I've not got it. Um, I with Star Wars comics, it's weird because I really want to read them, but there's so many of them now, so many different series that I can't pull all the different titles. You know, like I've been like trade waiting on these new ones, but not got any of the trades yet. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll get round to it one day. Like when they first brought them back out on Marvel. I was picking up every issue of every series. You know, I was like on Darth Vader, the main Star Wars run, Doctor Aphra. 
I got Leia, Lando, Han, you know, I got everything. I even got Chewbacca. Um but, you know, I'm I just can't I can't do it anymore. <laughs> There's too many of them. So I was like, I'll just trade <laughs> no, weight. I mean, I've been like a proper Star Wars dealer at the moment. I'm riding some I think Mandalor- Mandalorian's just really got me heavily back into Star yeah, Wars again. I think that's that happened with a lot of people. Yeah. And um if anything, like I've been a good place to start is uh, Darth Vader comics, one by Gene yeah. Gillen. Yeah, they're uh, really I good. Got, yeah, I got Bibby onto them, and he's been like going through them. Uh, and then I, I was speaking to Leal uh, on Instagram uh, chat, and I went, you know, there is a Bounty Hunters comic that's anyway. I've heard about that, but I'm trade waiting. Yeah, and then uh, I, I went, I googled it, and went, it, uh, it's come out in trade already, and he's bought it. He's got it. <laughs> nice. So we, Star Wars has got Leo back into reading comics. And yeah. I've just bought myself the main Star Wars comic. I bought ordered the rest of Darth Vader. I'm I'm going so far down into the Star Wars universe, mate. Yeah, Fuck. you'll have to let me know like how it all goes, and I'll probably jump back on with some trades. But like I say, back in the day when they first brought Star Wars back out on Marvel comics, I was getting them all. Like I got Kanan. Um, and uh, what was it? What was the other one called? There was like Obi Wan and Anakin book, like all Has of them. Has Kanan got a book? Yeah, Kanan the Last Padawan. Is that that what it's called? Oh mate, I'll I'll, I'll get that because I'm loving Rebels at the moment. I'm gonna finish yeah. Rebels. I'll get that anyway. Um, yeah, Star Wars books. I'll catch up at some point. Let me know how. Is it called High Republic? High Republic. Yeah, I've got yeah. I've got High Republic hopes for it. Like <laughs> but um, well. Let's crack on with our book club book first, and then after we've discussed that, we'll um, go through the, all the other books we've been reading, uh, because I, f- I feel like the change-up... Well, we usually did the book club at the end, didn't we? And yeah, did all but the this change-up works a lot better. I feel it does, because I always feel like we ended up rushing it at the end, you know, because we talked too much about all the other books, and the book club thing was like an afterthought, sort of like, well, it was okay, but blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wrapped up in 10 seconds, you know. So let's focus on that for a bit first. Um, so yeah, this uh, <laughs> this book is a real weird one. Um, I can't actually remember where I picked this up from. I think it might have been one of those random free long boxes that I got given at some point, and it was just in right. there. It was either that or like a bargain bin in Planet Eater from like back in the day. Um, yeah, nineteen ninety nine, four issue, prestige format, miniseries from DC Comics. Uh, written and illustrated by the prolific artist and writer John Byrne. Uh, it's Superman and Batman Generations. Um, John Byrne, by the way, is British. Um, okay. he, he moved to America when he was 38, so he's an American citizen. Um, <laughs> but since the mid-1970s, John Byrne has worked on many major superheroes, um, on Marvel Comics, X-Men, Fantastic Four as well as the 1986 relaunch of DC Comics' Superman franchise. And that first issue actually featured comic book's first ever variant cover. A little bit of trivia there. Yeah. I've never even considered there was a time before, which there must have obviously been variant covers, but is there any... Oh, I'd love to go... You know what? We'll save that for another episode, but I'd love to go into like a history of why that was a thing. Yeah. That's a... It's crazy, That's, 1986, I'm, I'm, yeah. so I'm actually older than variant covers. 
<laughs> makes me old. Um, but yeah, he also scripted the first issues of Mike Mignola's Hellboy series. Um, ah. And produced a number of Star Trek comics for IDW. And in 2015, Byrne and his X-Men collaborator, Chris Claremont, were entered into the Will Eisner Award Hall of Fame. So, oh, right. Oh, and he is also the co-creator of Kitty Pride, Emma Frost, Sabretooth, Shadow King, Scott Lang, Bishop, Scott Am- Lang, Amiga Red, and Rachel Summers. So, like, he created loads of mutants, and then Scott Lang. <laughs> I mean, you do have to have a really shit run, and then you just fire out your best work. So, <laughs> Listen, yeah, em- comes- Emma Frost, she's my girl. Although I can't, you can't say that. You can't say that. Have you, have you seen my Instagram post? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, don't say, don't say anyone's your girl. Listen, that, Graham, that mate, scenes. I just, I, I feel sorry for <laughs> That was like an ambush. Um, oh, I loved it. No, I loved it from as a spectator from both sides. You're, bo- you're, bo- you're both, it was like both a honey trap. One, he, him saying, my girl, I knew what he meant. Yeah. And I think that they knew what he meant and just still were like, we can use this. We can we can poke the burr on this. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. If anyone wants to know what we're talking about, head over to my Instagram page at Chris J Wakefield um, and look at my post on The Killing Joke. Uh, I posted that I finally read The Killing Joke. But believe it or not, the, the controversy wasn't that. Uh, that I'd finally read The Killing Joke. It was uh, Graham, uh, former guest of the pod, Graham Kiniston, his comment on that post that uh, ruffled a few feathers. And uh, <laughs> just go and have a look. It's great. Bring the popcorn. <laughs> why are we not Why are we not doing our book club on a killing joke? This is insane. <laughs> well, we can. I mean, we can do that if you want. Or I was going to like mention it in a bit on like bo- other books I've been mention, reading. Well, I think, mate, yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll circle round back to Killing Joke, I think. Um, we'll talk a few comics, but we'll definitely get back to that because that's, I do want to know about that. We have talked Killing Joke before. If you go on uh, talknerdy.uk and you'll see where me and Chris reviewed the t- Killing Joke uh, film. And we have talked Killing Joke on your Three Jokers episode a bit as well. Yeah. So we have talked, I just want to know. Yeah, we don't yeah, want to go. More. I mean, I know that I talk a lot on this podcast about DC and Batman and the Joker. <laughs> so for a change, we're talking about Superman and Batman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't help it. He's my favourite, you know. So, um, so yeah, that is John Byrne, prolific writer, lots of good credentials. Does that mean that this is a good book? Well, I'll, uh- we'll see. <laughs> Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, read the, mean... I'll read the synopsis and then we'll go into it. So, what if Superman made his debut in 1938 and Batman made his debut a year later in 1939? What would the world's finest team look like over the years? That's the question superstar creator John Byrne poses in this prestige four-issue miniseries. Over four issues, spanning 100 years, Byrne shows the triumph and tragedies that the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight face. The series was followed by the four-issue Superman and Batman Generations 2 and the 12-issue maxi-series Superman and Batman Generations 3. I did not know there was more of this. Oh, my God. <laughs> How is there more of this? I, I mean, I need to find these. <laughs> Do you? Do you really? I, I mean, yes. Okay, so anyway, let's go into, like, initial thoughts. I mean... 
I want to talk about other people's thoughts on this first because this just baffles me. It really does. Um, uh, (laughs) A couple of reviews on Goodreads, right? Alejandro rated it five stars. One of the best Superman-Batman stories ever told. Ryan Woods rated it five stars. This was one of the first comics I read as a kid. I can still say it's one of my favourite stories of all time. Uh, I don't reflect those... uh, Point of view to you. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a, mu- a lot stronger than what I would say, but I'm surprised that you're like a you're so mad about. I I actually I fondly enjoyed reading Did you? this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, admittedly, I was at the time of reading it. I was on uh, on holiday. In, I thought you were going to say on well, drugs. <laughs> no, no, I was in. Where the fuck was I? I was in Wales somewhere in a caravan. The weather wasn't good. Um, so way way before my... COVID. Yeah, no, it was. It was. And um, I was kind of like, it was raining outside. And I just read this and listened to music. And it's un- it has really unusual parts. There are bits where I go, what? <laughs> but all, all together, like, this isn't the weirdest thing I've ever read. Nor is it by any means, like, bad. I don't actually think okay. this is bad at all. Like, like, like Spider-Man life story is this, but better. It's yes, this done exactly. much better. Th- that's one um, of the reasons why I gave you this, because I was going to say to you, this is like Spider-Man life story when it's done wrong. You know, um, I mean, <laughs> admittedly, I gave you this book because I read it and just went, what the fuck was that? That was one of the strangest things I've ever read. And I'm going to talk about Doom Patrol in a bit, you know, like... And I was just like, JB has to read this. I, I need him to talk to me about this because it's so weird. <laughs> it's so odd. Um, and, I, you know, it's it's one of those where I, c- I can safely say it, it's not something I'd particularly want to read again. <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought it was a, a truly great concept, you know, for a story. Um you know, from you know, aging them normally. You know, from the origins to the nineteen, from the nineteen thirties to the present. Um, I just felt like overall it left a bad taste for me, <laughs> and I just thought it was so really? so weird. Um, oh, so you know what? I, I, I'm surprised. I I genuinely the part of this I really enjoy, and I think it just uh, yeah that 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 baffles me. The only thing that I don't like is on the cover it says. An imaginary tale. Now, don't get me. Aren't all Batman and Superman stories an imaginary tale? I think it, what it should have said was an Elseworlds tale. It says Elseworld in the corner. Oh, it does. It You're right. Yeah. Elseworld thing, but each one says an imaginary tale. I think but, that he's trying to stress that this isn't main continuity and this is like a what if, you know, Elseworlds. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I mean, to summarize, you know, there's eight stories collected. You know, beginning in 1939 and continuing on to 1999, and then taking a huge jump into the distant future. Um, I mean, I liked the 1930s and the 50s. I thought they were the best. I thought that it began to go downhill with like the 60s. You know, with the anti-war politics and you know the superheroes declining to win the Vietnam War for Richard Nixon. I was just like, I mean. Uh, <laughs> No, I I like that. Did I you? It was like getting it was Watchmenic, Watchmeny. Um, the thing I do, I didn't like the fifties. I thought that was. We'll get to that anyway. Oh really? The yeah yeah. Um, so the thirties. 
I've got the synopsis of the 30s. So the first book is the 30s and the 40s, and it says... 1939, on the eve of the Metropolis World's Fair, two young heroes meet for the first time. Superman, Champion of Justice, and the Batman, Dark Avenger of the Night. Together, they must work to defeat the maniacal ultra-humanite, no matter what it takes. Now, this was my first a little bit of an issue. I'd ne- I'm not the, I read some DC, but not a lot of it. I didn't know that ultra-humanite was. I don't know if you did. Um, just looking at it now. Uh, I mean, the name doesn't ring a bell. Um, yeah, it was, but it was a no, it was like, no. I don't know him. No, I, I love the fact that he he didn't fly like he like because he didn't. Then he jumps. Superman jumps over buildings. Um, Batman is more of a detective in this, like he's meant to be because he's not got like it's not got silly for him yet. Well, not silly, but it's not got out of control for him yet. He can just quietly be like a noir detective. He's even got the gloves, which is cool. And then you get the introduction to the Graysons. Uh, Lois Lane genuinely kicks some ass in this as well. Can I just say about Lois Lane, that was one of my lowlights. I thought his drawing of Lois Lane was horrible. I thought she just looked so bad. (laughs) Um, Like smoking and stuff. I don't know. She just looked terrible. Oh, well, the smoking comes back to bite her in the ass, but they didn't know that then, and she probably would have smoked back then. Everyone smoked back then. That's when it looked... It was cool. It was just the issue that I had of him, the way he drew Lois Lane. I just hated it. You, I mean, probably because I usually ogle Lois Lane, and she's one of my com- <laughs> comic book crushes, you know, with her purple eyes, and, you know, she's just gorgeous. But in this, I thought she looked horrible. <laughs> no, I... um. Yeah, I thought it was quite. I I liked it. I didn't have any for me as well because I don't. I haven't read many of the older old comics. So for me, it's like an opportunity to try and dip my toes. I know this isn't genuinely from the nineteen thirties or forties, but I could tell it was definitely done in the style, and it was meant to more. It was still modernized a bit. I liked it. I admired it. Well, you know what I'm. Pleasantly surprised, and I'm really glad that you enjoyed it because I thought you'd be on more of my side, more like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, um, but <laughs> it amuses me. I like the fact that you uh, you really enjoyed this. Yeah, dude. Like, um, it's you need to like you need to like, loosen up and get groovy, man. Like, this is like <laughs> there's, there's some cool shit in this. I mean, Batman. There's a bit where Batman, uh, the guy, a criminal, wakes up and he's on top of the pl- pl- is it Planet Express? Is that the name of the newspaper? I always the forget. Daily Planet. Uh, Daily Planet, fucking hell. Um, and he wakes up and Batman's holding him and just says, "Have a nice nap." Now let's chat. And he's like, basically won't won't respond. So Batman just lets him go and lets him slide down the the, the big sphere. And he's like, oh, no, no, no! And then Superman rescues him, like, going, careful there, fella. You shouldn't even be working up here this time of you! And, like, sees Batman, and Batman's like, ah, I had it. I had it. Don't you worry. I love that. It's great. Showing why the different styles, and from the beginning, it was always a bit... Up, uh, they were at each other's heads, but they were both fighting the same fight. It's, it's great. Yeah, I definitely think, it, you know, it's... Their relationship is a really interesting one to explore. There's no doubt about that, you know, like... And I feel like this project could have been great, but 
in the end, I think it fails on like an emotional level. Like to me, it fails to like inspire uh, or anything. You're just left with like a soulless, pointless story that never like takes enough time or space for you to feel anything. I just thought it was a bit of a mess. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, I'm even going forward. So 1949, now 10 years older and wiser, Superman and Batman face the combined threat of the Joker and Lex Luthor for the sake of a pregnant Lois Lane with the aid of Robin, who is now nearly an adult himself. I mean, the Joker is brilliant in this. He's he's got this big old smile. Lois Lane is pregnant, so I was on edge the whole way through this because I thought, you know what, it could get dark. (laughs) It could get um, injustice. Yeah, it could get pretty bad. And then you've also got Batman uh, is dressed like fucking Adam West Batman a bit, which yeah. I loved as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just, I, li- I like the little bait and switch that happens in this story. Um, and the, the Joker and Lex Luthor working together with the kryptonite. And even then there's a second bait and switch. And then there's a third bait and switch. And then... Batman dressed as Superman punching Joker it is brilliant. I love it. I'd wanted that on a t-shirt. I mean, He's maybe. Sm- I'm, I, I'm usually one for saying, it's just a bit of fun, though. You know, like, am I taking yeah. this too seriously? Do you think Do you think that's what's... I think you have. I mean, you may... I don't know why, why you thought it would be serious when you're talking about the 30s and 40s. Although I can understand when you got to the... Later ones, because I'll describe the like the covers of this one for people who don't know. On the cover, on each cover, there's always Batman and Superman are always back to back, um, and on the left side it will say the younger year, and the right side the the older year. So 1939 on the left, 1949 on the right, and a snapshot of what's happening in those ones. So in in this one, 1939 shows Batman swooping in to save the day from the ultra humanite story, and on the one on the right shows. Superman and Joker opening up a, a a microwave essentially with a piece of kryptonite in, which is like hurting him. And I think from there, yeah, maybe you would have thought this is like this would be a little bit serious. But it was the thirties and forties set then. I don't know why you didn't think it would be at least a bit campy. I guess so. I mean, it, these people are giving it like rave reviews. You know, one of them mentioned that it was one of their favorite, one of their first childhood comics they read so maybe that's kind of the angle that can that... always affect you though can't it that can always fog up your your judgment there's stuff me and you like that we've said like i'm trying to think of a good oh, example i mean i used to like little nicky and then i rewatched that as an adult and then realized it was a terrible film <laughs> well yeah i mean that might be how these people are because they think it's like it's the first one, but then I mean, you're you're reading it as a fully grown adult and you're enjoying it, so that disproves that point. I just tried. No, to make. but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it for its. I wouldn't give it five out of five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this, it. you know, this is book two now. I mean, there's a house that's come alive in 1959. You know, it's oh god, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, so hold on, yeah. This is what I mean. The 50s got really weird. So at the dawn of the space age, Batman and Superman must work together to battle the other dimensional threats of Mr. and Batmite. I hate that name. That was the one thing that pissed me off. And Batmite. And, and while they face these cosmic-powered pests, 
the hero's children must face their own challenges. Now, I honestly, this is why I don't like DC because of little things. Mr. Mixel Pitlick, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, whatever it is, it just I, I I hate I just hate that they that this stuff exists like Bizarro <laughs> and stuff like that. Happening. Do you it's hate it as much as um, DC Super Animals? No, uh, more. You hate them these more than Super Animals. Wow. Yeah, because the Super Animals at least you could write correctly and write good. I don't know whose idea who walked in one day and was like, "Why don't we do Batmite?" And why don't we do fucking all this stupid, impish, kind of bizarro shit? Like, no, you're fired. Get out. You're clearly <laughs> on drugs on the job. Get out. <laughs> There's no... And, and anyone getting up in arms right now going, oh, uh, you know, they're, they're great. They're, you know, you can't say that. Or name me like a legendary bat mice run. I mean, I don't know anybody that likes these characters or holds them exactly. in any high regard. <laughs> It's oddest thing why they and yet they're still here. They are using them, um, and it, this so this is aliens involved, and essentially this is the story of Job, the biblical tale of Job. So these two decide. Let me. I've got it word for word. Actually, we must impose. We realize each of you will wish to see his own chosen superhero win the competition. So each of you must test the other's champion. So Batmite believes Batman's the best. Mix or pick believes Superman's the best, so they both cause as much trouble as they can for the other person's one. To, so there's no like favoritism, and just they don't care what's happening to the earth. They don't care if the other, if the person gets injured, as long as they're right. Um, and all the whole the whole time, Lois Lane's discovering that her child actually has crypto. You know. The Kryptonian cum has worked because she's <laughs> floating about. Do you think it glows um, in the dark, yellow? Um, uh, green. Yellow, did you say? <laughs> you need to go and see a doctor if that's what that's what yours is, mate. Um, and then just by some chance that they they trick them into saying something, and the aliens are having this competition against beam them all away. Um, see, I I quite like stuff like this. <laughs> oh fuck off! I like. Um, I like the the kaiju thing going on. I like the aliens. You know, I like weird stuff like this. To me, I mean, this wasn't the weirdest part in the book, strangely enough. I thought this was quite grounded, and I couldn't get my head around this. Mate, there's a house with six legs running around. It's not grounded at all. <laughs> I liked it. Um so yeah, that's 59 is bizarre. 69, this is where you didn't like it. As Superman's daughter begins her career as Supergirl, his son enters the conflict that tore our nation apart, the war in Vietnam. At the same time, Bruce Wayne must rely on Dick Grayson to unravel the deadly mystery, mystery of Joker Jr. Now, I no, I did. I like this a lot. There's like you said, it got quite it got quite political. It got quite dark which it needed to we've had a lot of the campy joker's getting old now um for some reason bruce sees alfred as a ghost yeah that and, was um, weird and he's sorry that was weird we just had a house with six <laughs> legs i will keep bringing that up i'm um, sorry but i much i could get on board with that richard nick richard nixon no richard nixon isn't telling them to fight in vietnam richard nixon well, he is actually, no. He tells them to stop the protesting, which Green Lantern goes, 
these people have a constitutionally guaranteed right to protest. Um, and then they said, go over and end that war. And it's like, they say the bad guys are not clearly defined. So we won't, we're not going to do that. Uh, so there is a Justice League, but it is, it's, I thought you'd like it. Isn't it like a classic Justice League in this one as well? You've got old, proper old, old Green Lantern with the, the Transylvanian cape on. And I'm sure, yeah. I the Transylvanian cape on. Yeah. Are we, are we talking like, about, is Alan, oh yeah, it's Alan Scott. Yeah, it's OG Green Lantern. It shows like Vietnam's getting fucking dark as shit. Like there's bad things happening over there. And then Batman goes out on a bit of a run. Robin goes to check that Joker's not escaped, but he has. And because of that, that means Batman's in danger. And he is in like, like Joker's come up with like a hell of a, what has he put? Uh, Hold on. What's he put? Oh, that's it. Yeah. It's fucking dark this. So the Joker like pulls a trap door. Batman goes to fall down it. And he's like, well, it's narrow enough for me to brace myself. And then razor razor blades <laughs> shoot out from every angle. He can't hold on. And he rounds the bottom like fully cut up and, and bloody. And he falls through like a, a, a he falls through a, like a, a Joker mouth slide. He like comes out. It's a very weird looking image. Yes, yeah, it pops out a Joker mouth. And then the Joker's there, but with massive sides, like Elvis. <laughs> He's got and... mutton chops like Captain Boomerang or something. Yeah, fucking mutton chops going on. And then... He's put drugs in the razor blade, so he's tripping <laughs> balls. And then goes to kill him by meranguing him to death. <laughs> so weird. It's so good. I I think... It, does he die? Hold on, this is a thing. And it isn't the Joker's son. It is the Joker disguised as a younger version of himself yeah. to fool <laughs> them all. He takes off his mutton chops. But no, that's it. No, this is what's cool. So he kills Batman. He kills Batman. Batman dies there. No, he kills then, Robin. No, he doesn't. So he kills Batman. And oh, then Robin, yeah, that's it. It's the bait yeah, and switch Robin again, comes yeah. along and he's like, yeah, bait and switch. We can't let people see Batman has died. Yeah. So we're going to say Robin has been killed by Batman. I like that because it mirrored, obviously, the Red Hood story. Um, well, not the Red Hood. You know what I mean? The um, Death in the Family. The one where, Death in the Family story. Yeah. And it, or it made like a little, it's like conspiracy, like, did Robin die or did Batman die that day? And it's just been Robin ever since. I like that. It's like um, and, Avril Lavigne and uh, Paul McCartney. You know, like when they say <laughs> someone else replaced them at some point. Yeah. And then um, and then at the end, um, Joel was killed as well. The In Vietnam, it reports he's died. So that is a dark, I think maybe that's what... Maybe you didn't like that because it had been so yeah. kind of camp- campy. And then yeah. you just had the weird 50s that you were vibing with. Yeah. And then you hit with the 60s, which is just like harsh as harsh as fuck. There was a real tonal shift. And I just, I thought it was a bit all over the place. Because I was like, where, you know, what is the tone of this book? It was just I so knew, odd. I, I knew there'd be something odd about it when, again, talking about the covers, ladies and gentlemen. On 1959, you can see Batman... Uh, Batman, Superman, dealing with it looks like Godzilla's fist while Batmite and Mitzpig argue, and then on the right you've got Joker with side. He's glad that Batman looks absolutely beaten up to shit. But I, I was like, these look very contrasting. There's something very different in each of these. So I, I did go into that with an eyebrow raised. We'll talk about um, dark. Look at the cover for book three. Well, yeah, the cover for book three. I can't help but feel is I don't know if Superman is reacting to. 
the book itself like you are <laughs> or is he reacting to the stupid as shit <laughs> costume that Batman is wearing where... I hate that I mean it just looks like one of Wolverine's gimp suits <laughs> it looks like a cross between like Wolverine Batman and Darth Vader which sounds cool but it's really not. but it's not yeah no, it's not. You're right. Like if you, you, it's like he's been sold it like that. The guy's gone. You'll look like a mixture of Batman, Wolverine, and Darth Vader. And he's like, I'll take ten. And then they've shown up. And he's like, shit. I mean, he's not wrong, but shit. Um. So 1979. It is the wedding of the century, and only a handful of people know why. Cara Kent, aka Superwoman, is about to marry Bruce Wayne Jr., aka Batman. But tragedy strikes as an old foe and his vengeance-crazed accomplice destroy any joy the day might have held. Now, I still haven't caught up with Batman Rebirth and the the Bat and Cat wedding. But something tells me that if I was to ask you, which was a more consequential and riveting wedding storyline, you would have to vote in favour of this, surely. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) I mean... It's a lot happens like Supergirl is like on point here showing that she's bound Brainiac who is like a giant cyborg. Batman is still Bruce Wayne Jr. And then Superman is just kind of retired and just being a normal journalist enjoying like letting the others go. And um, Bruce Wayne is somehow alive still. Like he he did die, but he's come back, he's alive, and he's gone to find Ra's al Ghul, and you've got um, that one with Talia, who, I mean, I'm not, if we're going to, since we're on the theme of, like, she's my girl, and all stuff like that, <laughs> I always forget who, that Talia is, like... She's hot as shit. <laughs> yeah, but she's, like, she's that girl that I know would, like, rinse me for all my money, but I, and I wouldn't care. You'd love every minute. <laughs> Yeah, if I was if if I was like a rock star, I, she's like um, Avril Lavigne to Derek Wibley. Just went in there, <laughs> took all his shit, went out. Same with did it to the guy from Nickelback as well. Um, so yeah, I yeah. So they talk about the Lazarus Pit and they're gonna have a fight in the Lazarus Pit. Um, considering it says there's a wedding going on, it doesn't. The wedding doesn't come in until far later, and then. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this part here, I mean, <laughs> talking about the way I hated the way that um, Lois Lane was drawn, I feel like he's very unfair to uh, Melee in this scene. Um, <laughs> she's standing there <laughs> next to uh, next to her husband. She's, she looks like someone... I'm, I mean, there's no way I'm going to be able to say what she looks like without sounding like I'm racist... <laughs> But she is drawn racist. Let's just put it like that. You know, we haven't talked much about the art in this book, and that's, in my opinion, because I don't think it's anything special. I know there might be that might be sacrilege to say about John Byrne, but I really, um, I didn't enjoy his art in this. I think that yeah, was I, one of the problems I had. I mean, the he, most, he like. can draw. He can, I mean, funnily enough, I think the melee um, panel you're talking about. Is, it shows that he can draw because even though melee is awful, the costume that I think uh, the bad guys wearing, which I think ends up being uh, Joel Kent, 
in the end. Um, it's it's good. It's a good drawing of a, a guy in a suit and a cat. Like that's not easy to draw at all. And then it's just ruined by melee stood there looking like someone sh- shining a light in her eyes. <laughs> Look at the way her arms are drawn as well. Though it's just yeah, it's weird. Like it's like she's it like she's doing the old Degeneration X. You know, suck it. Like just pointing right there. Like um, actually, just to talk on the page before you have Kara. Uh, uh, is it Kara Kane or Kara Kent or whatever? Can um, Kara Kent decides to shag um, Bruce Wayne Jr. up in the sky, and uh, is that meant to be uh, what's his name? Lois Lane, as an older lady now, walks out, and everything about the few powers made me laugh. So he, she swoops up with him, and she walks up, going, "Is here it is? I picked it up in Thailand a few years ago." <laughs> B- BJ, I was like, I was like, it's. <laughs> One, BJ is just funny. Two, I'm BJ. Three, is Bruce Wayne Jr. nicknamed BJ as well? Four, you don't talk about Thailand and then a BJ. And then five, that all the clothes fall on her and she's like, oh my. Like, because she must, she knows, like, someone's getting kinky up there. It's dirty as fuck. <laughs> oh. And then it, it get this got dark, so yeah, the wedding stopped. Everyone is. Um, Everyone's killed, isn't it? It's 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 like this is the thing, man. It's like there's such a tonal shift throughout this. Like I'm all for putting a bit of humor and a bit of camp in between, but it goes from like that to like really hardcore, and it's just like I just couldn't. You know, my head was spinning. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, fucking Lex Luthor gets um, Joel to kill. Superwoman, while he kills uh, Lois Lane, who's just an old lady in a wheelchair, and he simply walks up to her, just grabs her by the neck, and like pulls her neck back and chokes her. And the big sound effect, snap, snaps her neck. Yeah, so that's he snaps her neck. Um, everyone dies. That's it. He punches through her as well, which is like injustice. Um, when yeah, when Batman. Junior gets that everyone is dead, and Superman goes to stop it. And yeah, it's just it was that was really dark. I kind of feel like Tom Taylor would be taking notes here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I feel like I think that's what didn't help you as well. It, it I think it did send me a bit like nauseous reason this because I was like I thought we were having a little jolly gym. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So in 1989, we've got um, Superman throwing throwing um, Fingy onto uh, a load of electric and killing him. Yeah, it's got... Bent on bringing down the villain who ruined his life, Superman has seemingly killed Lex Luthor. At the request of the president himself, Batman must bring the Man of Steel to justice unless the world's greatest detective can discover what really happened. Um, this was really good from, from like, this point on. I know how dark it's going to be. I'm more prepped for it now. From this, this one was really good, showing, like, how, n- not to get political, how to handle a defeat. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he, he hands himself in. He knows he's done wrong. Um, and Batman's like, I will prove that you're innocent. He's like, fine, but I have to do the time. I have committed a crime. It's not right at all. 
Um, yeah, it's just the the it is it's it is it's it's, it's again there's another bit of a bait and switch with Luther as well and Superman, but it all ends up being yeah. Superman's forced to kill him. I feel like, if I remember rightly, Luther like traps him and is like, "Oh, that's it. He's about to transfer his mind into Superman." Super Superman's like, "Right, if I don't kill Luther now, Lex Luther will have my power, my body, and my life." There's about you know hundreds of reasons you could list why that's wrong. So just simply flips up a stick up off the floor and throws it with such force it. Pen- it uh, punches him through the body and then into all his electrics which electrocute him and Superman admits yeah I've got to go to jail it's fine well it's not even jail he goes to the Phantom Zone Projector <laughs> so then we jump um, to 1999 yeah because he's he's given a 10 year sentence now the cover of this one um, you've got Bat, uh, Batman and <laughs> I'm trying to think of who Superman looks like. He just doesn't look anything like Superman. I mean, he looks like de- they've done the death of Superman, Superman, the one that came back with the black hair, but with white hair. And he just looks like he should be in Crosby, Stills and Nash. <laughs> I mean, do you... Am I being wrong here? Is 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 does Superman look like that in any other iteration? I've never seen that. No, it looks very odd. Yeah, um, and yet we are. Oh, hold on! It goes no, because it does two things. It does nineteen ninety nine, and it goes to nineteen twenty nine as yeah, well. Yeah, this is where it lost me as well. It really threw me. Um, so. All secrets are revealed at last as Batman, the son of Bruce Wayne, makes a startling discovery in the lair of Ra's al Ghul. A discovery that leads to the reawakening of two heroes and the passing of torches to a new generation. Now, this was sponsored by Pepsi. And we see that the uh, Ra's al Ghul and Batman are going to fight it out in the Lazarus pit. Um, Talia gets involved. Yeah, Talia. And then um, Bruce comes out and is like, I've been alive. I used the Lazarus pit. I've had to stay here. I've been changing the... What's Ra's al Ghul's uh, clan called again? The fucking... Uh, oh, shit. What are they called? What's his criminal network called? Uh, I keep wanting to say The Hand, but it's not The Hand. Cause that's not The Daredevil. Hand. That's Daredevil. Um, um, the League of Assassins. League of Assassins, yeah. So he's like, the League of Assassins are no longer the League of Assassins. They're a league of people who, who don't kill people. They go around, they sort stuff out, but they don't kill people anymore. Um, and now, and but then he's like, but now I, I'm ready to go back to being Batman. And he does, he goes out, and it's like Batman smiling, but not like Ben Affleck in Justice League. It's like proper Batman smiling, having fun, kicking ass. Um, and then he meets Superman... And Superman is like, I recognise that it's still you. And then someone from the House of... Uh, not someone from the House of L. Um, oh, yeah, Nightwing comes in with the worst <laughs> Nightwing costume I've ever seen. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it looks like a costume that was designed in 1986. It doesn't... It it looks... It's so bizarre. The, the bat is white and goes all around him, but it doesn't look like a bat. It look, if I had to take a guess at what his powers were, it would be he's a mutant that has ice powers. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's got um before top knots were top knots. He's got a back neck neck knot. You know, little, back neck little knot. Tough... <laughs> he's got a back neck knot coming out the back. <laughs> but yeah, he's, then... he's got one of them like gambit head pieces on that go like round. That was it. Like the hair gambit. pops out the top. Yeah, he's got the a gambit, but with a ponytail. Um. But and then it gets the thing a bit is, I, 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 I'm lost already, you see, going through this again. First of all, why is Bruce back? And why is Dick young? Or is he not? Like, what? I mean, I can't remember why I've reading it again. It was, it was getting, by this point, like, Series 5 of Lost. There was a lot of... I was fucking lost, I tell you that. <laughs> um, I didn't mind it. and But then it goes back to being... So it has all the serious shit. And then it goes back to just being campy again, like with this line, Now with my newly reinstated microscopic vision, I can see the precise atomic structure of the small amounts of the humanite's formula still clinging to the sides of the vial. Using the same material and equipment he used, I can precisely duplicate the formula. Here you go, Clark. And he just... It's... Yeah, it's it's really... Oh, yeah, and it gives Nightwing the power to fly. So Nightwing's like, I can fly now. And then... Yeah, it advertises on the front 1929, but we jump to 2919, and Batman is going through space in this disgusting spaceship. <laughs> that I mean, it oh, it look it looks awful. It looks like a broken cheese grater. Yeah, it. Oh, I'm trying to think. It looks like if Knight Rider had I had a really bad smash. It's just. Yeah, it's not cool, but like Batman and Superman meet up in space for some reason to talk about times of old. Um, and then it goes back to 1929 to show the first time Clark met Lois. Um, By this point, I'd well and truly checked out. I was like, I've got no <laughs> idea what's going on. Just let it be over. And then there's still like a giant robot with Lex Luthor going about again, but it's even shitter because it's 1929, so it's an even shittier looking robot. I'll be honest, it looks like, do you remember Mr. Chips from um, yeah. Catchphrase? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Mr. Chips. Yeah. Um, And then Superman comes and saves the day. Robin shows up for some reason. I can't remember why Robin shows up instead of Batman. Um, Batman's yeah. got like this weird like Venom symbiote costume. It goes around the top of his head, his cowl. Yeah, there's there's a lot. It gets very 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 weird here. Doesn't um, <laughs> a sorceress appears as well? I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. Um, that is the yeah. summarization of this book. I think there's a lot of things that happen, um, and going through it with you is weird because, <laughs> on one hand, I feel like. Oh, I've been a bit too harsh on this. You know, maybe I should have had a bit more fun with it. But coming back around and going, these are all the reasons why I didn't like it. I hated this. I hated that. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's a real experience. Yeah, I can I can honestly say that I I started this going. I'd read this again, and now I've read it again, like briefly <laughs> just then. I'm going. Ah, maybe I wouldn't. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's it's, it's a. It's a roller coaster of emotions. He takes you on this massive roller coaster, and then at the end, he just kind of tries to make it all Disney again. And it's like, no, you fucking killed Lois Lane by snapping her neck in a wheelchair. You don't get to just go, 
Disney ending. It needed to have a more... I think that's the problem with this, the tone. It's like the tone... He tries to make the tone match the decade and then tell this story on top of that. But the story can't be told properly because because the tonal shift every decade means it's like much more extreme. It's dead I off. mean, like I said, um, it's a great concept. But for me, the masterclass in that has been done by Chip Zdarsky with Life Story recently. You know, yeah. that was perfection with that concept. Um, I mean, do you want to do you want to rate this? Do you want to say anything more about it? Uh, what do how do we rate things? It's been that long. I can't remember. Is it out of five or out of ten? Whatever you want, man. With New Year, new rating. You, you can choose. <laughs> you choose. <laughs> um, I'll go with the five ratings because that's what those other right, people so rated it. How many stars I, would you give this then? I, I give this three stars. It's not okay. Bad. It's got some. It's got some well-written moments it's got some well-drawn moments but it's also got some poorly drawn moments and some very odd things it's it's very it's original that's one thing i will say yeah it's original it's original yeah, so you, if you're, you're, right, you're right there i mean i'll be more more harsh i'll give it two stars um mm. but it's you know like i say it's it, it actually gets stars gets points for originality you're right there <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's worth, it's worth a pickup. I wouldn't go out your way to read it, but if you saw it, like, in a in a car boot, or if you saw that your mate had it, and you're into your comics, and you're into either one of these characters, either Batman or Superman, I think it's worth picking up just to see what what someone decided one day was, like, to do, and DC went, yeah, run with it. Yeah, I mean... We are both big Elseworlds fans. We love a what if story, don't we? That's the another reason why I gave you this because I thought, you know, we we love uh, that kind of concept, you know. Um, so if you're into that, if you like an Elseworlds book, then yeah, I'd say check it out. You might have fun with yeah. it, <laughs> you know. Um, that, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. I you know you know I love Elseworlds stuff, mm-hmm. and this was a a weird pill to swallow like it, yeah. i should i should love this but there is bits of it that are just so unusual and i feel bad for not liking it because yeah. it's technically done what you what elseworld asks you to do yeah. to to stretch the limit of the of the characters and the stories and straight you know held down by continuity have have fun go nuts and he has oh, yeah. i just think it's There's not no going to be that. some people's cup of tea yeah exactly I mean, I, again, I, I really wanted to like this. I went into it, you know, with an open mind, but I did struggle with it. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> even though I give it two stars, I'd still say read it because it's an experience. <laughs> so uh, do you want to talk about the other books we've been reading? Yes. Um, do you want to go first right, or so should I? Tell what, you go first. Okay, well, let's... Should we just briefly go through this trade that you've lent me? Doom Patrol, Volume One, brick by brick. Um, oh God, yeah, go on. So I've, yeah, we've actually still got each other's books here, haven't we? Because and God knows when we're going to be able to give them back because of COVID, because <laughs> we're locked down again. But yeah, this, so this collects Doom Patrol issues one to six from 2017. Jared Way is the writer and Nick Derrington is the artist. Um, Tamara Bonvillain is the colorist and Todd Klein is the letterer. Now I demanded. That I borrowed this off you after I was obsessed with the Doom Patrol TV series. 
and it ended. Series two ended, and I was like, I need more Doom Patrol in my life. <laughs> I need to read some books, buy them. And I knew you had this, so I was like, right, okay, I'll borrow this off you. I've never read any Doom Patrol books before. Um, I kind of wish that I did, and after reading this, I will go back and read through the Morrison run because I feel like it might make more sense then. But I still very much enjoyed this. <laughs> I thought it was so wacky, like you know, like the show itself. And uh, you know, to quote Jared himself, it's a really it's 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 it, what did he say? It's really a comic to ex- to be experienced. Um, you know, whether you feel positive and negative afterwards, I felt the former. I felt positive with this experience. You know, I thought Nick Derrington's art is delightful. You know, fantastic artwork. I just felt that maybe prior knowledge of the Doom Patrol, you know, would have helped this read. Uh, but it's just batshit crazy and a load of fun, isn't it? it, it it's. I think that's even it hit the nail on the head there. I personally thought it was weird as fuck reading it, but I couldn't help but be pulled from page to page. Yeah. Even though I was going, this makes no sense. I didn't care. It really felt, I imagine this is how... Reading that is maybe how people first felt when they read uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. They had, they yeah. Had no, no way of going. They're going. What do? What does he mean that there's a cat with a, a Cheshire cat with a smile that disappears? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Yeah. You don't need to know why it's no. happening. It just is happening. The concepts are just fantastic. I mean, I don't know how much Jared has come up with here himself and how much is Grant Morrison's work, but it's so original and off the wall and the art like you say it just pulls you in and you cannot look away it's just so weird every page that you turn you know, I'm flipping through it again I'm just like this looks amazing do you know what I mean yeah. Um, and yeah I will go back and, and read some of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol because like I say I'm after watching the TV show I'm obsessed with it and I just want more uh, do you own volume 2 by any chance no, I don't, mate. Unfortunately, I am gonna. It is in my wish list. I am, but it is far, far down the wish list. Unfortunately, there are other things I need to finish the runs of before that one. I, I, I was happy where it left me, and I don't need. I mean, that's the other thing as well. If you're, if you are reading a lot of things at the moment, this is a good little um, palate cleanser. Oh yeah, if you definitely. Just, if you if you grab that, grab the trade, the this one that we're talking about, and it. You won't feel committed to read the next one, not because it's bad, but it just—it's so weird and wacky that where it wraps up is all you probably need. Yeah, I—I definitely, to be honest, before I give you this back, I'm going to sit down and reread it. I liked it that much, so yeah, oh. that was sick. Um, actually, staying on the theme of Gerard Way, uh, a couple of Dark Horse books that I've read, um. Tales from the Umbrella Academy, You Look Like Death, issue one of six. And uh, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, National Anthem, issue one. I, I don't know if that's a mini, it probably is. He loves his long, long titles, doesn't he? <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he, um, I haven't read that, the, the Killjoys one. It's one of six, that. Yeah, it's a oh, it? series. Okay. But you have yeah. read the Umbrella Academy, You Look Like Death, yeah. Yeah, I've I'm, I've got I've read two of them. I've got three and four literally next to me. Um, I've I've been enjoying that. Okay, well, obviously I you know you and me it's no it's no uh, secret we're huge Jared Way fans. 
We both love the Umbrella Academy TV series. Uh, I, I can't remember your thoughts on the first Killjoys. Did you like it or not? No. no. Oh god, I wa- I wanted to like it so badly, but it right. was it was probably the worst thing I've I've read in a while. Like I, oh, wow. I sometimes do debate when I'm looking like oh god, I have not much space for books, and I'm thinking where to put stuff. I do think along with this one Punisher book I've got, I do think I. Maybe I should just get rid of it and sell it because I will never touch it with a a shitty stick again. (laughs) Fucking hell. Well, let's start with the uh, Killjoys one then. Um, See, I enjoyed that first Killjoys book that you did with, I think it was Becky Cloonan, wasn't it? I really liked her. It makes no sense. Why did you enjoy I don't know why you liked it because I wanted to read the the book of the album. Right. Well, this is the book of the album then. This is a prequel. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one you're reading, but what the yeah. book is that it, the book I have is yeah. the one after the album, and I was like, yes. I don't want this. Yes, you you want to know what was going on that he was talking about in the album and singing about, you know, like you want the soundtrack and you want to read the book, right? So that's what yeah. this that's what this is. This is the the true lives of the fabulous Killjoys national anthem, and it's set before um, that one uh, that you've read. And it it looks to me, you know, I've only read issue one, but this is the album, you know, the the Killjoys right. album, basically. Um, now, I I thought it was okay. Uh, I've I've only read issue one, and I don't think I'm going to pick up any more. Like oh. it was, you know. I think you might like it though, because you know it's it's. Uh, it is quite Doom Patrol-y, you know, you know what Jared's like, this is all original stuff, so he's come out, he's pulled out all the stops, you know, like, it's very Mad Maxi, you know, he's got all the different gangs, you know, because the Killjoys, the fabulous Killjoys are essentially this uh, this gang, that, you know, each of them, they have a car, you know, there's, it's, there's some great concepts in there with all the different gangs, I thought that was cool, but... We've talked about this time and time again with Jared. It's his execution with all these ideas. It just falls flat sometimes, and he doesn't quite know how to... You know, I feel like... I mean, actually, this was written with someone else. I was about to say he needs someone to help him write it. Yeah, he's wrote it with Sean Simon, so he's got no excuse. (laughs) He's had someone to rein him in, and it's still not enough. (laughs) Um, I'd say definitely read it, man. I'll... Um, next time I see you, whenever the hell that is, next year maybe, I'll lend it you. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought it was okay. The theme continues for me with You Look Like Death, number one. I thought it was okay. I haven't picked up any more issues. Um, you know, it's a tale about Klaus, which obviously they've gone for that because he was such a huge hit in the TV series. They've gone, right, we need the Klaus book now. Um, I was uncertain when it was all set, so that was kind of off-putting for me to be in with. I was like, hmm. It's um, again, it's okay, but I'd rather just read the original uh, trades that I've got. You know, um, I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. I thought you would like that one because, if anything, I think the humour lands so much better than in the actual Umbrella Academy books because he's dealing with all these characters and the and the storyline. So when he gets can he, when he get the humour in, he tries. But in this, because it's just Klaus and it's one linear story, I felt like it was really well written. I love the the jokes are great. I get why he why he's doing what it is. it's a simple 
story, and we don't often get simple stories from Gerard Way. And I, I, I think I, I liked it as a, as a breath of fresh air. But I'm shocked you were like, eh, it's okay. I think it's actually really good, and I'm looking forward to uh, reading the whole run. Yeah, cool. Well, let me know how it goes. Um, I might end up getting back around to it one day, but I think at the moment, I don't know what it is. Like is. I'm being dead harsh with uh, my pull list. I'm just cutting right down. And if that issue one doesn't land uh, right for me, then I'd, I won't carry on. <laughs> um, and I'm going to talk uh, about, about another couple of issue ones that I've read and that I'm not carrying on with. Um, King in Black by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. Uh, now this is the new uh, Venom event kind of thing, um, so it's spinning out of the critically acclaimed Venom book by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, which I read like a couple of issues at the start, but it seems that way again. I wasn't, you know, into it enough to carry on. <laughs> but this came out King in Black, and there was a really cool variant cover that was like a tattoo design. And I was like, oh, I'll get that just for the cover because it looks cool, you know. Plus, I want to see what this is all about, you know. Just I'll jump in on issue one and see what's going on. And I've got to say, I wasn't disappointed, but I also um, had no idea what was going on or who anyone was. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's not new reader friendly, you know, Um uh, you know, I imagine the build-up to this event was probably great, and you know, judging by other people's reactions and reviews, uh, like Rich Watkins from Not Ka- Not Katie's, you know, he he loves uh, this this run, this Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman Venom thing. Um, but you know, to me, it was uh, the art was nice. You know, Ryan Stegman always does a great job, but it's not a jumping-on point. <laughs> um, no, I didn't think it would be. I thought it was odd that you'd done it all together. Like, I feel like I know enough about Null from reading Absolute Carnage and from reading that cool Silver Surfer run, because Null appears in that as well. And I got a bit lucky, because I wasn't reading Venom, but um, someone I follow on YouTube made an Origin of Null um, video. And I was like, I don't know what that character is. I'll watch it, because I'll, I'll, I like to watch his Origin of Characters when I to just get a bit of a background for if they ever appear. And I wasn't aware it was a current thing happening. And it was more or less doing a review of that comic and everything. So I just, I know Null and I know why he exists and I know about the planet of Venom and everything. And I I think that helped me enjoy Absolute Carnage more. I think it helped me enjoy that Silver Surfer run more. And I am just trade rate waiting all this stuff because I think if all together, it's, it'll be dead good. But... I ref- I refuse to buy all those. Issues. Yeah, if you read all that as a trade, like I think you, that's what you did with Absolute Carnage, isn't it? You got the trade, like um, yeah, you know these events and these things. They just read better that way, I think. You know, like especially with delays and stuff and whatever's coming out now, it, it you do kind of you know it's better to trade weight really. Um, it is, but I, I read Black Cat issue one uh, because that was a King in Black tie-in, wasn't it? Um, and it's no uh, secret that we hated that first issue when it was brought mm-hmm. out. So this is like a, a relaunch because, uh, I mean, what what legacy number? It says legacy 13, is it? Blackout issue one? Yeah. So, yeah, legacy 13. Yeah, legacy 13. <laughs> so this is actually her first ever run by the looks of it. Um, so, yeah, obviously they had to slap a number one on there because issue 13 would not have sold 
anywhere near as much as an issue one would have done. Um, well, issue what issue one was the one that you've got the haven't you got that really nice uh, person's the person who does all the cool covers that you like Art oh, Germ Art Germ yeah Art Germ that was the that was the first ever yeah. black cat black cat's never had a run yeah and we 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 hated that book but I've still got it framed on my wall because it's such a nice cover <laughs> um, it is a nice cover but yeah I mean it was okay you know. <laughs> It's okay. Oh, we've discussed this on your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, if, if you want to see a bit more detail argument, go to Chris's Instagram. It's uh, actually your Instagram. Instagram it's mine, yeah. JB JB Comics Blog um, on Instagram. I just I liked it. I, I I feel like my the bar was so low. I I just got it because I really do love this character. Whenever she appears in the the comics or in the games or anything, I I really do like Black Cat um, and. I was so disappointed from the last one. I, I couldn't continue. I voted with my wallet. I'm not going to carry on reading this. And I was so happy when they said they were doing a new run. And it's King in Black tied in. And I was worried, but I still went for it. And I'm glad I did. This is where we disagree. I think it was really well written. I liked um, I liked the how she ends up in the battle and ends up getting tied into it and seeing... The whole thing that with Doctor Strange... Are you reading, you're reading Amazing Spider-Man, aren't you? ASM. Yeah. Yeah, so then the whole thing with her, like, she knows who's, like, saying, like, oh, I've just stole off Doctor Strange recently mm-hmm. and having a bit of an, uh, a, a little weird bond with him about that as well. And then her going, like, we have to steal Doctor Strange being the story. I, I love that. I, and I'm not saying it's perfect by any means. It's not a five out of five, but it's such a leg up from where they were. And to do it, be such a leg up considering that they have to deal with all these limitations as well. I'm quite happy. I also think the art's slightly better. I don't think it's perfect. There was a couple of panels where I was like, come on, you can, you can draw Black Cat better than that. But there was others where the art was decent. So I think it's a work in progress and it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same writer, Jed McKay. Uh, we've got a new artist. Actually, I'm not sure if he's new on the run, but he wasn't on that first issue last time. It's Carlos Villa. And I thought his art was fun, you know, Um he almost manages to make Felicia look cool, you know? Well, um, well, well, well. I'll say at the end, um, where does it say here? So they do, they have a thing at the end called Cat Chat, which is where you would probably write in and they answer questions. But um, where does they, they put it? Because they write it from the uh, the point of view of Boris Corpse. Um, here we go. It's going to be her... Tease you with what's coming. Yes, yeah, it is. A, yeah, say it's a new artist. Um, and there's, I think another. I think that was just an artist for this issue. You know, because it says a special preview of things yet to come by Nina Vacuvia. Um, so I, I feel like this one because it's uh, this one's called Queen in Black, and it's one of four. I think. I think it's still going to keep this guy on Villa, but then once this King in Black run is done. The art, I don't know if um, you want to Google that, but I would describe it as quite more soft and watercoloured. Uh, no real de- no real defining lines, a bit ske- sketch-based, and it'd be interesting to see that. I've, I feel like they've took a lot of feedback and gone, yeah, the art's a bit shite, uh, the writing's a bit shite, you need to sort it out. So he's got a different artist for this and then got a different artist completely for the run that's to come. I mean, yeah, are you going to carry on with it then? Yeah, 
yeah, I'm I'm voting with me wallet. I'm just gonna go. You know what? You can you've done better here. Let's see where we go. And I am kind of interested in this King in Black story a bit because it's affecting other titles. Like I've got a uh, Immortal Hulk King in Black uh, on the way, and a Guardians of the Galaxy King in Black, and they are. Like, they're not just single issues, like, one-off. I think the Immortal Hulk one might be, but the Guardians of the Galaxy one is officially, like, number 10 or number 13 or whatever they're up to. I will say uh, this issue, to me, loses points for acting like Black Cat and Captain America don't already know each other. I thought that was really weird, because <laughs> they clearly have met before. Have they? Well, they must have done. <laughs> Why? I don't think Black Cat's... Black Cat isn't played that often. And if she is, she's in the very, very much underground world of... Uh, I mean, even in the, Sp- the uh, Spider-Man run, which has been written by Nick Spencer, who seems to know everything about Spider-Man and his history, he's put that Doctor Strange just is aware that Black Cat exists and it says, like, I've seen you around, like, I've seen you near Spider-Man, but they've never had a conversation. No. Okay, well, so I, I don't, if I, I'm wrong, I I'm wrong. I just off. thought it was really far-fetched that this was the first meet of Captain America and Black Cat. I don't know. No, far, far-fetched is writing an episode of Doctor Who for New Year's where Daleks come back and no humans recognise the Daleks, even though we've watched episodes where the Daleks are interacting with humans <laughs> on multiple occasions. I fucking hate Doctor Who at the moment. <laughs> I gave up on the first episode for Jodie Whittaker. I couldn't do it. That's nothing oh. to do that she's a woman before anybody says anything. I just think I know, I think shy. that's a big worry, man. That's a big worry. Everyone's like scared to speak out because they think it's a knock on her gender or a yeah. sex. It's not. Absolutely it's a knock not. on the, the right. Spice Girls the were my favourite pop group as a kid. <laughs> I, I I love women. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favourite TV show of all time, you know. Um, and you know what's one of my favourite comics at the moment to support women as well? Hot th- Honestly, I think Sean Murphy's writing the best oh. Harley Quinn stuff in years. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Because that's really good, isn't it? That new it's white so white knight Harley good. Quinn. It's, it doesn't deserve to be this good for a spin-off. I know it's, of it's an not what story. I was expecting either. It's like turned into be something completely different, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is different but good. Like you know, it's it's a detective, but with Harley Quinn. You know, like yeah. Dude, it's like yeah, it's 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 a detective book with Harley Quinn, and the animation isn't too uh, animation. The, the art isn't too far away from, uh, you know, like a hundred and one well, a hundred and one Dalmatians. I feel like he's gone a bit. <laughs> yeah. He's gone a bit. So, he's gone a bit softer, and he's using a full color palette. Whereas it's not. It's the, not Sean Murphy though. He's just writing this. Ah, that explains the color. He's allowing them to use more though, because like we've read on uh, what's his name. White Knight, he would go, you can only use black, uh, blues in this panel, greens in this panel, and you've just got to use shading really well because he wants to get a tone over in this. He's like, make it bright and bubbly like yeah, Harley. I think make he's just, like... um, he's trusted the artist to do their own thing on this because, and it's worked. He's obviously handpicked this artist, I would have thought, because he seems mm. like the kind of guy that's so precious over, because White Knight is his creation. He's created the Murphy verse, you know, and I feel yeah. like um, to let let that go and let somebody else sort of in his universe, you know, imagine it, it would have taken a real selection process. And he's he's chosen wisely because it looks great. It really flows with his writing, you know. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, if you're not reading the Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn, 
and you are a fan of Batman and you are a fan of Harley Quinn, you need to. And I think it, it's it's showing up how badly Harley's been written for you. Like you've been saying for years, Harley is being written awfully, and he's just come in with his version. Who's older has kids. Like it by all means is tied down to a few more like but uh, boundaries, as it were. And he's just going and having fun with her. Whereas the per- whereas the writers who are allowed to go go nuts with Harley, do what you want. Like okay, uh, she's in a punk band. What? Why <laughs> she's got that? a talking beaver. <laughs> well, that's what it says in every bathroom stall. But I've yet to see that. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's a really great Elseworlds book, man. You know. Yeah, I'm en- I'm really enjoying that. Um, I'm um, and it's keeping with Batman. Batman Black and White is back. Oh, um, now I picked this up. I I didn't. I actually wasn't aware that this was coming out, but I was aware that that's a thing, right? Batman Black and White was like a run or a mini series many years ago. I think there's been a couple yeah, I've got I've got some old ones. A friend of mine who I work with said like I found these comics at a car boot, and I was like, "Oh right," and he was like, "I just thought you might like them," and he just gave them. They're all a load of old Batman comics from like the eighties and nineties, and I've checked them. Nothing special, but in the middle of them, I was like, "What is this Batman Black and White?" And then I googled it, and it is. It's just essentially like an annual, uh, or like sorry, like a, or like a Detective Comics. 1000 or whatever when they do a load of mini stories and they just don't colour it, they just keep it quite noir So I, I, did, I didn't know that this was coming out until I saw your Instagram post and I was like oh it's Batman Black and White thinking it was like an old one and then I noticed the, the new DC logo in the corner, I was like hold on is this a new Batman Black and White and um, yeah read your little, uh, little description of it and I thought I need to check this out so I ordered it, and um, I've got to say, man, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I think it was more... I mean, one thing I didn't put in my review on my Instagram, which I, I kind of regret a bit now, is I think it was more on target than the Joker anniversary, Detective Comics anniversary. Like It had one story in this that I didn't really like, but I mm-hmm. respected its, its, its artistical... I know uh, the exact one that you're going to say because I feel the same. It's the um, Emma Rios one. Yeah, very abstract, but fantastic. Extremely art. abstract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the just, thing it just with wasn't this. Wasn't for me. Yeah, I mean the art in this book. That's what it is, really. It's a showcase for the art for the black and white. It's so you focus on the pencil work, the shadows. Um, the 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 paneling the the you know the draftsmanship that goes into this, and I I love stuff like this where it showcases the art. You know you've got some incredible artists here. You got Trad Moore, the guy that did Silver Surfer Black. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know that stuff is just insane, isn't it? And to see it I mean... in its raw form like that with just inks, you know, no colors. It is so detailed. It's like, how does he do it? It's I amazing. Was, I was like reading that going, when it began, I was like, there was no, you can't do Tradmore without colour. And I don't think Tradmore would work with Batman. That was a, I was immediately negative about it. By the end of it, I totally think Tradmore can work without colour, but only 
if he does Batman yeah. because Batman worked so well. Yeah. And having it all from the point of view of, of yeah. one of the League of Assassins yeah, was yeah. amazing. So clever. Yeah, I mean, that's James Tinian that wrote that one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, James Tinian fourth. So he's the main Batman scribe. Uh, he did Detective Comics before that. But he's actually really good. I like James Tinian. Um, I loved that little little story. I thought that was great. Um, and the next one... My favourite my favorite story was... Uh, Croc. Oh yeah, the one at the end. Um, Yeah, dude. I I tell you what, that art in that was insane. I loved it. Who's the artist? Greg Smallwood. He's the guy that was on Moon Knight. That's why I liked it. Oh, that's why I've liked it. Yeah, Uh, Smallwood gives me a big wood. G Willow Wilson was the writer. She did Miss Marvel, didn't she? Um, Yeah, that was really a really nice story. That and I, I loved the art in it. Loved it, just like the that first panel where he stood there on the on the stairs, like with the rain and like just the shadow work, man. And you know you can really pay attention here to the use of uh, the blacks and everything. You know why it's while it's not coloured, it's just it's so it's just beautiful to look at, isn't it? And these pinups that you get, one at the end by Dexter Soy, really cool. Him just perched there. My favourite one is the one at the start, though, by Max Fumera, um, where he's like, like he's like crouching, climbing up this building with all these bats flying, and he's just like, he's got his cape over him, like, oh, you like that one? Classic Batman pose. Like, I love that, dude. I'd have that as a poster. So cool. Yeah, there's just like even I mean as well the cover. Um, oh the yeah, cover that's is, that's Capullo, yeah. Is, Capullo, and I was like, right, so there's a Capullo story in here. There isn't, no. it's just again, showcasing the art. Yeah, so, um, really nice. So I, I like this J.H. Williams, the third one as well, you know, the second story. He must have wrote it and illustrated it. Um, I just loved that- his panelling. You know, it's all around the pearls oh, yeah. and like, dude, like the, the way that all the playing cards are laid out there, like Oh, right, this is why you need to read, you need to read Batwoman. He does the new 52 Batwoman. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, I've read one or two of them. it's all that. Yeah. It's all like that all the way through. I love it. But I love how, I love that page where it's like, because it's going through the years, you see every different Batman. There's like Batman from Batman the Animated Series is fighting Clayface. You've got Batman from... um, and with Poison Ivy, it looks like the one that's drawn by your favourite guy who does the sick colouring. Um, um, where's that? Uh, one... Oh, oh, I know what you mean. Um, what's his fucking name? He did Kings of Fear. Yeah, uh, Kings of Fear. Kelly, J- Kelly Jones. Yeah, Kelly Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I love, I love all. And coming up, boys and girls, in the next issue, we're gonna have stories by Tom King, Mitch Gerrards, David Adger, Dustin Weaver, Sophie Campbell, Gabriel Hardman. And Karina Bechko. So there's tons to come up. And it gives you a little preview of the artwork that's mm. to come. And there's some there that... I mean, that Joker one at the very, very bottom. Yeah. That looks so... It looks yeah, like Jock or something. That it's really It looks cool. like Long Halloween a little bit. Mm, that's... Um, yeah, I mean, this. I think this is one issue one that I might carry on with this year. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's nice. and, it's, and it's just in such a nice format, isn't it? With this uh, spine down there and, you know, it's yeah. great. Dude, yeah, I really yeah. like that. Um, actually, carrying on with the Batman theme, this is the last book that I want to mention that I've read. 
we okay. we will go into this in more depth in the future, no doubt. But I finally read The Killing Joke. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, go on. <laughs> so, go on. obviously, written by Alan Moore, illustrated by Brian Boland. Now, we'll only touch on this briefly, but we, well, we both discovered that it was actually recolored. All these versions that everyone owns, all these reprints, is actually recolored by Brian Boland. The original one was colored by the same guy that did Watchmen. Uh, oh, it's not Dave Gibbons, it's the other fella. What's his fucking name? I've got loads of copies of Watchmen here. Hang on. John. John. I was about to say, you don't you have like three copies John, of Watchmen? I've got four. John Higgins, he, he was the yeah. original colorist. And um, I was like, oh shit, I've got the recolored version. I kind of wanted to read the original and did a bit of research and pulled up the original compared to the recolored. Think, thinking, oh, it wouldn't be that much difference. There is a big difference. <laughs> like, the original colouring is really psychedelic. Um, yeah. Kind of like the the Kelly Joan Kings of Fear. Yeah, Kings you know, of Fear. To that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, shit, I really want to read the original. Looked at the prices on eBay. I was like, okay, I'm never going to own a copy of an original <laughs> Killing Joke. So that's not the question. I'll read it online, you know, yo-ho, pirate it. And then I'll read the um, the reprint that I've got. Um Gotta say, uh, as far as the book goes itself, I mean, it's probably the best Batman Joker story ever, isn't it? Uh, it is a masterpiece, some might say. <laughs> you know, late, late to the party here, but you know, it's probably the best one-shot comic book of all time and the best Joker story ever told. You know, it's uh, it's just so good, isn't it? You know, I um, mean, some people take hubris to the the origin, and I think that's why what made Three Jokers a bit controversial because people take... It was never meant to be canon, and then DC saw the popularity and made it canon because of Barbara getting shots and made Oracle. Um, but then you're always meant to think that everything the Joker says is kind of like kind of like Ledger in fucking in Dark Knight yeah. where he keeps coming up with a new origin mm-hmm. story. So you're mm-hmm. reading The Killing Joke, but you don't really know if it's in his mind mm-hmm. or not. And then Three Jokers seems to have confirmed this definitely happened... Mm-hmm. So that's a bit controversial. I've oh, actually, I've never seen what Alan Moore has to say about that. I bet, in fact, Alan Moore's been oh, like, fuck DC. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling um, you right now, Alan Moore, he will say, I intended for that to be an Elseworlds one shot and nothing more. Like, that's what he'd probably say about it. Um, yeah. And it's so elusive, the ending. Like, not even, you know, there's there's a. There's a bunch of extra stuff in this hardcore edition of hardcore <laughs> hardcover edition. Fucking hell! By um, Brian Bolland, he did a load of he, he put a load of his original drawings in there, and even like a reference photo that he took of himself holding the camera to draw the cover. Um, uh, but he said, you know, I'm not. He, he teased, oh, you know, you want to know how it actually ended, you know, and then he just he will we will not uh, reveal <laughs> what was originally meant to happen or. Was it meant to be elusive? I think it. You know, nothing was ever really. I don't know. I've. I think I've heard that they did have. It was. He put the Batman kills the Joker. Right. I think it was, and then they were like, "No, you can't have Batman kill the Joker." Yeah. Oh, at least Alan Moore realized like he can't do that. So I think the word. The way I, I think he had so many ideas, he left it elusive because he couldn't settle on one. It's um, without a doubt one of the most uh, ambiguous endings in comic books of all time. You know, it's just so. Um, you know, th- there's a reason. I mean, Graham, if you're listening, mate, I know you're probably screaming, and he'll uh, he'll message me be- because uh, he-, he hated this. You know, he 
he hates the idea of Joker's origin being revealed and all the rest of it. Actually, did we touch upon the Joker film with him, the recent one? I think we did. I oh, know that was that was Lee that we talked about that with. We haven't spoke about that with Graham. Um, but, you know, that's fine. That's Graham's prerogative. You know, if he doesn't want that revealed, then that's that's up to him. That's it. You know, hashtag not my Joker, whatever. Uh, but I think as a piece of sequential art and as a piece, you know, of comic book history, it's one of the most important books of all time, in my humble opinion. You know, um, and one of the best covers ever made. <laughs> that cover is so iconic. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so cool. I mean, I get I get why you'd be pissed off about it. I do get it. But take it as it was. Like, before there was a film made, an animation made, where, for some reason, Batman shagged Batgirl, which I don't know why. Still, we got that. And then Mark Hamill was told to sing the song, but there's no rhythm in the book. Like I always read when I read the Killing Joke, I put it was like the Joker telling like a poem, saying like a poem that is kind of wrote, and it it would be scurry to be going on that ride and with no music at all, just hearing some guy say these mad ramblings. Why they turn it into a little dance number, I don't know. And then okay, we, as we've talked about, then the three Jokers kind of making it canon and DC making it canon but it wasn't intended for that it was meant to be an elseworld story that didn't happen and as an elseworld as it was originally presented and with those colors like you've me and you have discovered it's amazing yeah i mean i going back to what you just said about the um the boat ride and joker doing the song or the poem or whatever um especially with the original coloring which works better in that scene especially um, there are others. That, the recolouring, I think, is much better in the Joker flashbacks because it's black and white with sort of like a Sin City colour pick. You know, there's like the prawns that are the only colour in that black and white scene. You know, I, I much prefer that colouring to the original colouring for that. Uh, but the colouring in that, you know, the is it a ghost town, a ghost train or something like that, that scene where he goes through um, is is awesome in the original. It's so... It's so off the wall and psychedelic, and it just adds to the horror and the nightmare of this thing. But Joker saying the the, the poem or the song, it reminded me of like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You know when they're going through the tunnel in that. Um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. You know that weird. That yeah, weird. Definitely. That is what I got. I got, you know, I just gave myself chills then. I was saying, can you imagine, <laughs> like, if it was done in that way, you know, in that in that weird kind of, it's not a song. <laughs> like it's, yeah, you know. I think I, I think that's how it was, in, Alan Moore intended that. And I think some decisions that have been made with this book since have, are very, very odd. And I can then understand why Graham wouldn't like it. But as a as it was and as it came about originally, I think, yeah, you can still have the opinion that you it didn't like it or whatever, but there's a, re- there's a reason why a lot of people respect this book. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking for a long time about what I've been reading, dude. I'll let you finish up. What have you been reading? I mean, no, dude. I've, there's really there's nothing else I can really talk about without repeating from previous podcasts. I'm still reading the Spain, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm reading Immortal Hulk still. Um, if you let me just, you know what I will do? I'm going to look up what I am 
Oh, you know what? You know what I have been reading? Crossover. What's that? So crossover. Right, hold on. I'm going to get all the deets up for this one because I don't want to be. Is it indie? Yes, but it's also mainstream. So it's a a a, a comic book by Donny Cates. Um, let's hold on. So it's cr- created by Donny Cates, D. Cunliffe, John J. Hill, and Jeff Shaw. Um, written by Donny Cates, and the artists are Jeff Shaw and Dave Stewart. What's it published on? It's on Image, but right, hear me out. Um, so it's on issue three currently. Yeah, I've ordered issue three. So what happens is one day, the world the world is as we are now, yeah? One day, for some reason, over uh, somewhere in America, um, superheroes from every comic and supervillains just come out of the pages. They just come out of, like, portals, which sounds great, but it's not because they're all fighting each other still. So you've got Batman, Superman, Iron Man, everyone, they all start coming out. They don't, they don't name oh, was them. It? Oh, so it's not um, actually they don't... DC or Marvel well, characters. Yeah, but they don't name them, but they go as far as they can with creative freedom. Like, you can see it's clearly meant to be them or how it describes them. It's clearly meaning that them people. And this goes on for, like, months um, where, like, the world is in trouble because these they won't stop fighting. And then... Um, one day, a massive bubble appears around, you know, ground zero of where it happened, entrapping all the superheroes in the... And from that point on, comics are seen as being, like, awful, in bad taste. Everyone re- re- thinks of comics and comic book characters as being, like, terrorist books because all these heroes that they thought were their good nearly just ruined their lives. And then... One day, and it's about a girl who still works at a comic book shop that still somehow runs, and it is like bad to work there. She has to wear a mask to go to work. She like looks like actual... Batgirl. I'm just looking at yeah, it. like an actual superhero. She has to wear a mask to go to work, so no one knows who she is. And then, uh, and it's about them dealing with the fallout from that. But <laughs> we've had it's like there's plenty of comic book characters like that are being used that aren't owned by image and they are getting away with it perfectly i mean i'm just really interesting looking through it now i mean first of all what a cover for issue one that cover is fantastic isn't Um, it this little kid is reading uh issue one of crossover the cover's there he's he's opening it up and he's getting his face melted off uh by what's inside the comic it's so colorful it's it's awesome that's such a cool cover um but yeah, just looking through this now, I mean, this looks something special, man. This looks cool. I love um, the uh, in the in the comics here. He's reading. It's all the dot work. I don't know the technical term for that. You know the original. Yeah, no, yeah. The com- they call people. They call people dots. So it isn't just the superheroes that are coming out. People are coming out. Right, so, right. You know, the people you see running about in the streets and you're yeah. paneling, yeah. they're running out into society as well. And they're like, there's like prejudice against them because they're from comics. And that's how you can so, tell that they're from comics because they're made up of dots, like half tone. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this looks great, man. Like, I'm, I might have to get on this. 
Um, read it. It's I, I cannot wait for issue three to arrive. I've got it's, a feeling Field Mouse might like this as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like it, you see points where I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's points where you, there's different areas and where the superheroes are are not just in that bubble, and you just see like a hand, you know, or a foot, and you just know who it is. And you're just like that's cool. That it's cool that, that that person's there. It's just it's it's one massive, it's one massive fan service, but it's got to be because that's the story, and it's, so it's doing it well. It, it, it's better than making up its own characters, like rather than say Captain America, it used like Sergeant Latino Cuba or something like that. It's got it's not like Pro Evolution Soccer, which makes up all the teams instead of Manchester United. You've got Manchester together uh, you know fullwood fulham or something it's got the actual teams like a fifa game would it's 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 good i can't i can't stress that enough yeah this could be a, a real hit this man um it's got a review from scott snyder as well a flat out fantastic read so even scott snyder's endorsed this oh <laughs> awesome Anything else you want to mention before we wrap things up? Matt? No, I think that's a good one to end on. Everyone, just get honestly get, get into crossover. It's a very good indie comic for those who it still involves superheroes. It might even involve some superheroes you know, um, but you don't have to be dealing with uh, unknown indie characters, or as it were. It's a really good stepping on point for dipping your toe outside Marvel and DC. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I might do that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. So do you have anything to plug, dude? Uh, just go to talknerdy.uk. There's tons of podcasts coming out at the moment because we're doing loads of Star Wars stuff. There's a, hopefully by the time this one comes out, we'll have a new a, one where we've talked about the Clone Wars. Uh, we've got the Mandalorian. There's always new trailers, and there's a Tell Me Again Season 2 will be starting soon. And if you want to listen to any of the older podcasts as well of this one. Uh, you can also find them there. Awesome. Um, and you can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Chris's Comics Podcast. And you can also follow my personal account on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield for all the uh, killing joke drama and controversy. Uh, trust me, head over to that post and check out the comments. Bring the popcorn. You will not be uh, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for this time, but thank you everybody for listening. Over and out. Bye.